Well, when I think of a standout business owner, we do all this work to, we get this idea and we go through this branding and marketing and find a location and start you know, telling our story and helping our clients. And we overlook, oftentimes we overlook putting together the infrastructure in place. Hindsight, they go, oh gosh, you know what? I need to have some insurance. Well, I have a buddy down the road who sells insurance and maybe, uh, you know, I need some wealth management and I met a guy in college and he does that and I picked up a business card and I need some business advisory. Maybe I'll have them help me put some programs in place, credit card processing. And as we go through, we start doing these incredible things and, and becoming a standout business because Brad Powell starts helping you market yourself and there's no infrastructure in place. Your professionals are not working together. They oftentimes don't even communicate. They don't even know each other. And so as a business owner, as a standout professional, now you're left trying to figure it out yourself. Welcome to Standout Business Show. I'm Brad Powell. And today we are talking about your financial well-being. And here's the thing. No one taught us how money really works when we we're growing up. You know, our schools are turning out whole generations of what are basically financially illiterate graduates, <laughs> myself included. Now, whether I came out of grade school or junior high or high school or even college, uh, not much to learn in any of those in any of those programs <laughs> about how to how to grow your wealth and or how to be financially secure. And of course, often, often it's not, our parents aren't particularly good guides. So here we are as adults, and we end up learning about money from basically, you know, the school of hard knocks. And we often end up either without any money or we end up in a huge amount of debt. And here's a statistic that's pretty shocking. The average American, the average American holds a debt balance of $96,371, <laughs> which is a lot. And I'm proud to say that uh, I don't have a debt balance anywhere near that. <laughs> so I feel pretty, it makes me feel pretty good. But the question is really like, how do you take charge of your financial well-being? And in fact, are, are able to reach a level of financial independence. And this is the kind of thing that, you know, if you're working for yourself, I know my audience, that's, we're all standout business people and we all have our, our aspirations to having a standout business and equally an aspiration to have financial independence. So helping us get there, helping us answer this question of how do you get to this place of financial independence? This is the work of our guest today, and she's a financial professional. Her name is Lee Garcia. And I want you to join us as we kind of challenge the normal, ordinary financial path of the average American and take a deeper look at how money really works. So stay tuned. And Lee Garcia, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Brad. It's Lee uh, with a little extra Leah. on there. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you so much. That was, gosh, that really brought up so many thoughts as you were going through your intro. It's so true that um, we all grow up with some kind of preconceived notions. We're taught money doesn't grow on trees, you know, money doesn't buy you happiness and all these things that we're taught growing up. And then we want to become a standout business owner. <laughs> and 
it's it's a contradiction. I see oftentimes people go through this inner turmoil, putting the gas in the brake. They want to work hard and create this business, and they have these great vision and ideas. However, they do things that undermine that success and oftentimes sabotage their success. So I love the intro. That was that was so on point. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. And so as we approach this, and I want to be fully transparent to the people who are listening to this, I'm doing something today that I don't normally do. In fact, I would say that I've never actually done this particular thing. And I'm trying out a new framework that I've just discovered this past week. And the invitation is to invite Leah to go on a kind of a rant here where we can really go deep on like what's really going on because <laughs> we don't want to get into any kind of dry thing. We want to find out like what's the deal? What's the real deal here? <laughs> so Leah, what I'd like you to do is I would like you to think about the people that you work with and or generally the people out there, like all the business owners you know, who are paying attention to us right now and or the people who aren't paying attention to us. And so <laughs> what do you see over and over again that really frustrates you? And this is like in your industry in terms of how they're dealing or not dealing with their financial education or their financial consciousness or awareness. And, you know, like what is the thing that they're, you know, mis making mistakes consistently and you're just going, oh my gosh, this bugs me. <laughs> <laughs> Where yeah. does that leave you? Yeah. Well, when I think of a standout business owner, we kind of touched on that in the beginning. You know, it's we do all this work to we get this idea and we go through this branding and marketing and find a location and start, you know, telling our story and helping our clients and and we overlook, oftentimes we overlook putting together the infrastructure in place. And what I mean by that is Hindsight, they go, oh, gosh, you know what? I need to have some insurance. Well, I have a buddy down the road who sells insurance and maybe, uh, you know, I need some wealth management and I met a guy in college and he does that and I picked up a business card and I need some business advisory. Maybe I'll have them help me put some programs in place, credit card processing. And as we go through, we start doing these incredible things and, and becoming a standout business because Brad Powell starts helping you market yourself. <laughs> And there's no infrastructure in place. Your professionals are not working together. They oftentimes don't even communicate. They don't even know each other. And so you're trying to get to that next level, but your professionals are usually set giving you information that's conflicting with each other, conflicting with your CPA. And so as a business owner, as a standout professional, now you're left trying to figure it out yourself, you know? Sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And that may mean taking a step back. And once you become profitable, or even before you start your business, really do a, some research and create a team of professionals. We refer to this in the industry as a virtual family office, where your professionals not only communicate, but they know each other often. They work together so they can strategize and bring you the best solutions. So I think that's the biggest misstep that I see. And then it goes back to, are you putting on the gas and the brake at the same time? Are you working so hard to build your business, but at the same time, you're losing money on the back end? Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're just touching on what I think is sort of more the real business challenge 
mm. for folks, you know, so if you're going a little deeper, like we're all in this to make some money. Right. <laughs> That's the idea. Like if you're not making right. money with your business, you don't really have one. That's right. And so talk about like, talk about it from that perspective. I mean, we're talking money here. Mm-hmm. Business person is taking care of business, which a lot of people go, well, I'm going to, in order to take care of business, what I really need to do is get a bunch of customers and get them to pay right. me. Right. And to me, that's like, I'm not sure that should be even step one, but it is a step that most people are completely narrowly focused on. It's like, okay, where are my leads? How can I turn them into customers? And how can I keep the customers that I have? Right. But it seems like there's a challenge that they're not meeting if that's pretty much all they're doing from a financial perspective. So speak to that a little bit. Absolutely. And I think it goes back to their beliefs about money. So often I talk to a small uh, standout business owner, small business owner, and they are almost apologetic that they're in their business to be financially sound, to be financially independent, to create wealth. I just feel that, you know, you should never apologize. You're bringing the value. So it's almost that they, I hear often, you know, I'm not a salesperson or I don't really need to make this much money. Well, gosh, what the heck are we doing it for then? We're staying up late. We're working hard. We're eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I mean, aren't we here to build our net worth, to create a legacy and have that generational wealth? Be unapologetic about that as part of it. And I think that goes back to your core beliefs about, about money. Yeah, absolutely. So here's core problem that we're identifying here. What do you see? Like with every problem, there's a whole bunch of opportunities that go right along with it. So in your world, what do you see as the biggest opportunities for these same individuals? Huge opportunities. You know, the good news is they are on this path. They want to do better. Obviously, they're working on themselves. So Oftentimes, I love working with small business owners because they are willing to learn. And it's really, to me, it's like a puzzle. I love it when a client comes to me and it's kind of like things feel overwhelming and it's kind of a mess and they just kind of slide all the paperwork to you and say, I don't know what's going on. Help me figure it out. And I can kind of reallocate things. Oftentimes, it isn't a matter of making more money. You know, I did a survey recently and I asked, what was your biggest pain point? And I put on there, was it um, cash flow? Is it taxes? Is it business expenses? And the number one really surprised me. You know what it was, Brad? It was actually cash flow. Yeah. And really, oftentimes, it's not a matter of generating cash. It's a matter of how much do you keep? So there's often these sieves, right? These alligators that are eating our cash flow that, that we're unaware of. And it's a matter of just going through a a quick little audit. And oftentimes I'm able to reallocate money they're already spending for health insurance, for example. You know, I just had a client, small business owner, auto mechanic, spending almost $1,700 a month for health insurance. I mean, what if you could sure that up and save seven, eight, nine hundred dollars $900? And now what have you done? You've opened opened up some cash flow opportunities there. Yeah, right. I love the the metaphor of the alligators. Yeah. <laughs> it can't be me of that, ferocious. The lyric of the, I think there was a song about the Everglades and if the skeeters don't get you, then the gators will. <laughs> okay. So that's cool. Like 
now we now we've got an underlying opportunity for people to go in and like are there other elements that you can identify that are like to me that's pretty low hanging fruit right. what you just said like you can go in we all have it like if if you have any kind of online business you know that you've got a tech stack that you subscribe to a bunch of things as you were building your business i know this is true for me i've got umpteen different things that i'm being nickel and dime to death over, whether it's right. a $20 a month or it's $50 a month or a hundred dollars yeah. a month for one thing or another. And of course, if you start doing an audit of that, you'll find that, oh my gosh, I can save a couple thousand dollars here right. just simply from cutting these subscriptions that I don't even use these products anymore. Yeah. And that's a low hanging fruit. So then when it comes to what, what other things are there, what other opportunities are there, you know, as you grow your business, it's a huge oversight. Remember, what got you here won't get you there. If you had this, these professionals helping you or maybe friends kind of helping you get your business started, at some point when you start to become profitable, and usually I see it's once you make your first 100000 you know, there's kind of a beginning, your first 50000 and then it's fifty to a hundred. When you get to a hundred to two fifty, this is the time you should really start to look at having these professionals, and that's when you're going to start creating systems, like maybe it is strategies to recruit, reward, and retain key employees. Maybe your your income is increasing, and now you're paying yourself more, but what does that do with your eligibility, with your IRAs, and things of that nature? So you're right, it can get very complex. And so having someone that can walk you through that process is huge. And at the same time, I see often financial people online or, you know, even me or, you know, Ramsey's and stuff like that. Don't take any advice as personal advice. Remember, they're getting, throwing out generic information. They're casting a wide net, shock value, trying to get your attention. But every financial foundation is completely individual, just like a fingerprint. Just because you're a painter and your friend down the road is also a painter, doesn't mean what he's doing is going to be the right systems for you and your business. Does that make sense, Brad? Yeah, I think that's that's totally good advice. All right, so now let's take a look at if, if someone is listening to this mm-hmm. and nothing changes, Yeah. <laughs> like, and I especially like the level of, I mean, this is so true. Anyone who's all of a sudden breaking six figures, right. they're making over a hundred, you know, over a hundred thousand. A lot of businesses get to that point and they just flatline. Right. They, all of a sudden they hit a plateau and it. either it's a mindset thing where they, they figure, well, I only deserve to earn what, you know, my parents earned. And if I get right. way ahead of them, then, you know, who am I to do that <laughs> or whatever, like, and, or they're just at a place where they, they just hit a ceiling of capacity. Right. And which is means that they haven't set up systems. So what are the what are the negative things that are there for them if nothing changes? Oh, well, you know what? That's why what is it? Eighty percent of businesses go out of business in the first three to five years. (laughs) So if you're a real business and you've made it through that. Right. It is putting those systems in place and you need to have somebody who's going to guide you. And by the way, not just look out for their best interest. And what I mean by that is a CPA will know all the tax stuff and rules and regulations about the, about the tax code. 
but they don't know how to really implement those strategies. So, so that's why you see that plateau. And 100,000 is very, very common to, to, to plateau at because we have to slow down sometimes to speed up. We have to go back to the beginning and really audit. That CPA may have been well served for you to get you to that 100,000. But is it really the right professional that you need to have in your corner? You know, just because they know the tax code doesn't mean that they're the right CPA for you. Maybe you are a franchise owner. You should really find a CPA or a tax professional that specializes in that sector. Maybe you're an investor, real estate investor. You want to have somebody that has that working knowledge because there's over 80,000 pages in the tax code. There's no way for any one individual to be able to operate and understand that entire, you know, stack of papers. There's just no way. Yeah. All right. So when you are working with someone, someone comes to you, someone is listening to this and they're going, okay, look, I'm that person. <laughs> yeah. I, I am at this place and I feel like I'm not making the progress that I want to. So maybe right. I should go and hang out with Leah for a while and she can yeah, help me out. <laughs> so describe a little bit about like your way, your methodology mm-hmm. of how you start with a particular business owner and walk them through some of these, some of these steps. Yeah. Well, the first thing is really developing a little bit of a relationship. I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. So it has to be that certain chemistry, if you will. And I would say the same is true for any of your financial professionals, any of your professionals that are advising you. You want to feel really comfortable because they're going to know a lot about you and your business. So that's the first thing is we have to see if we can have that rapport. And then I take them through a process. And it's a questionnaire. It's probably about 30, 40 questions that I ask them. How's their business set up? Do they have key employees? Are they planning to expand? Expand. What is their succession planning? You know, you should begin your business with the end in mind. How will you exit your business? Because you're not going to live forever. Well, I don't know. Maybe you will, but I know I'm not <laughs> going to live forever, right? So how are you going to exit, exit this business? Are you going to sell it? Are you going to have somebody take it over? Do you have someone you're training? Do you have a child that's going to be taking it over? You know, so know what you're striving towards and then we reverse engineer that process yeah i like that that's a a really good way to look at it uh i mean it's like a lot of things if you know where you're going it's it's much easier not to get lost yeah (laughs) and so okay so i talk a little bit about like i can't think of a single person i know Mm -hmm. who doesn't have some kind of money deal in terms of their mindset and their attitude around money, you know, that we all have a story or many stories around our relationship with money and whether we were born with a lot of money or we were born with no money or whether anywhere in between, everybody has some kind of issue. And of course, for the most part, we don't talk about money. Right. You know, it's like, Oh no. I mean, I literally, I know in my family, we weren't supposed to talk about money. Yeah. Just like, no, it's not allowed. Like we don't, we don't discuss money. It was almost like you were being rude or I don't know what, <laughs> just right. like completely a taboo thing. Like, no, 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 we don't talk about money. And 
And what's weird for me in my background is that I grew up, I grew up in the town of Andover, Massachusetts. And in Andover, there's a prep school. It's mm. kind of a big, famous prep school in the world of prep schools. Nobody wow. who doesn't ever go to prep school cares anything about that. But the people, <laughs> the people who worked at the prep school, they really cared. You know, they right. thought they were doing the greatest thing ever and that the school was the greatest thing ever. And most of the people at this school, most of the faculty members were all pretty darn well off. They all had yeah. come from well-off families and they were all working at the school and the school didn't pay them very much, but they all, but the school owned all this property. And so every person who was a teacher was given a house to live in. Wow. And so you had this campus, which, you know, wow. had the school buildings and the, the school looks like a, a kind of Harvard like place with all these brick buildings and steepled things and, you know, wow. rocks, walkways Amazing. with slate paving and like, it's, it's very New Englandy. And, and then around the campus are all these older, like, I mean, they were built in the 1800s homes, or maybe even earlier 1700s home, because Andover, Andover is an old town. And so you had this very amazing sort of little high yeah. school academic bubble, right, <laughs> of all these people in there. And what I remember growing up is that everybody had a level of financial well-being that was just like given, taken for granted. Mm. And people would, you know, during the summer, they'd go for a trip to Europe or they'd go in the winter, right. they'd go skiing the somewhere. And these things were just like, this is just what everybody does. Right. And no one ever talked about how they did it or where their money came from or any of that stuff. And my family didn't actually have much in the way of money, but they were, we were in this world. Right. And when I came out of that world, I was like, wow, that was like a mirage. <laughs> it was like totally, <laughs> right. like, it just wasn't real. Yeah. And so I feel like in my own, you know, and I don't know how anybody else compares to this, but my own upbringing was like, I, it's just blank. Like I learned Zippo about anything to do with money because it just was never discussed and was kind of hidden. It was like, well, you know, of course they have money from somewhere. We don't know where it's from, but, you know, obviously it's there somewhere. So period, that's it. Like there's no, that end of story. So anyway, that's a long way of kind of introducing <laughs> this idea, but people come to the world, you know, as adults with these, these blanks, like these, these parts that are just blocking them. Like they have some kind of right. blinder on right. around how to actually function in the world as a financially responsible person or a fiscally responsible person and how to run and operate a business that is fiscally responsible. Yeah. And that's really such a huge point. And that's where I consider myself a non-traditional financial professional. I think most financial professionals are probably going to be a little, take a little bit more of a, I don't know, static view of things. I um, really want to know who my clients are. I want to know you, your family, your children, you know, will probably have dinner and because I want to know that you're, you may be wherever you are, but I want to know that you're truly committed to this success because I'm going to invest a lot of time into pulling in the right professionals, pulling in the right strategist to bring you these solutions. And it's not just about the mindset, right? The mindset, we all start where we are, just like you alluded to, Brad. You're absolutely correct. That's okay, but it's the willingness to, to upgrade and improve and to learn and to grow. And the thing that I think of is that 
you know, the, the key to change is first having the awareness. So it's easy to say, we well, you know what? I already know that. I already know that. Well, you know how you know something is because you actually do it. Right? <laughs> so you know you should have an emergency fund. Oh, I know that already. I know that. Okay, well, do you have one? Uh, well, kind of. I have credit cards. Okay, well, that's cute, but that's not an emergency fund. So the first key is awareness, understanding, knowing that you don't know. Listen, you're a painter, you're a contractor, you're a franchise owner, you're an investor. I want you to focus on what you specialize in and allow me to bring in the professionals and to help teach you and guide you so that you have some working knowledge and you're able to make those decisions going forward. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, actually, I think that's a really good note for us to close on. We're right at the end of our time together. Wow. That was and goes by really quick. It does. <laughs> so if there's something that we haven't quite hit on, you can let us like, you can hold forth and let us know what that is. And at the same time, tell us how people can follow up with you who've been tuning in and they're going, okay, this sounds like uh, you'd be a great person to work with. Well, thank you so much. So I teach my clients a system that's called the wall of wealth. And it goes through systematically, whether you're making $10 million or $10 a month, Every single client starts with the foundation, which is I look at your health insurance, your life insurance and disability. And the next pillar is emergency fund. As a business owner, you should have 12 to 18 months, even two years put away cash in case of an emergency, right? In case like a pandemic. And then from there, then we start looking at 401ks, IRAs, if you have any of that. And then we talk about college, if you have little ones. And then we talk about long-term goals. What are your long-term goals? And then from there, and it, it might be family goals, professional goals. And then from there, we look at what do you have that is going to be a pension? In other words, do you have anything that will pay you income for life? What do you own that's tax-free? And that little cherry on top is long-term care. And that's the biggest thing that people forget about. They don't even discuss it. And what protects everything is going to be your estate planning, your succession planning, and also your living trust. This is where the foundation from here, then we can start doing some fancy things, but I've got to take you through this education first. That sounds super thorough. <laughs> <laughs> and if it, you know, the people listening going, Oh my gosh, I don't even have half that stuff. So my that's God. okay. We can start, we can start at the beginning. No problem. <laughs> All right. Well, Leah, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate you coming on and doing this Absolutely. with me, especially in this new, like we just went through an experiment and, we, and I think it worked. <laughs> you think it worked great. I think it worked wonderful. Yeah, that's great. All right. Well, anyway, thanks so much for doing this with me and it's been a great pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> and if you're listening at the end, I just want to remind you that if you'd like to go and get all of the episodes of the Standout CEO Show, actually, no, that's the old name. It's the new name, the Standout Business Show. And if you want to do that, just go to standoutbusinessshow.com and you will find all the audio, all the video, all the show notes, and lots of other little doodahs in there. And you can subscribe so that you never miss another episode. So thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time. So long.